Welcome to Live with the Pricing Lady. I'm Janine, your hostess. This show is all about helping you build a sustainably profitable business while making an unbelievable impact on your world. Learn from my 20 years of experience and from my guests as we discuss their pricing challenges, failures, and successes. Pricing is a way of being or behaving in your business. My mission is to help you confidently charge for the value you deliver. Pricing is either hurting or helping your business. Let's make sure it's helping you reach your dreams. In this episode of Live with the Pricing Lady, I sit down with Heidi Gruse, a licensed psychotherapist and transformation strategist. She shares with us her own pricing journey. At the beginning, she had a lot of questions and she realized her mindset was really getting in the way of being able to ask Clarence for what she charged. We take a look at how she's been able to transform that and what she does still today in order to ensure that her mindset is in the right place. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Live with the Pricing Lady. I'm Janine Liston, your hostess. This show is all about helping you build a stronger, more profitable, sustainably profitable business through better pricing practices and better pricing strategies. Welcome, everyone. And of course, welcome to today's guest, Heidi Gruse. Hi, Heidi. Hey. We're so excited to have you here with us today. What I'd like to do is I'd like to get started with a few rapid fire questions. Okay, bring them on. All right, here we go. First of all, where are you joining us from today, Heidi? I am in the very small state in the southeastern corner of Connecticut. I used to live there. I think we talked about that recently. (laughs) And what is, what would you call or what do people tell you is your superpower? Oh, my superpower. People definitely comment about how organized I am, how I get so much done in a day. I think they're pretty impressed by that. Probably similar to a lot of your listeners. I'm not just a business owner, not just a psychotherapist. I'm a mom. I've got three active kids. I would say it's probably around my productivity and efficiency. Okay. Super. Excellent. We'll call you productive woman, productive lady, captain productivity. (laughs) Cool. What's one interesting thing that people don't know about you? Um, so I would say, I actually think people don't realize this is that I almost look forward to having difficult conversations with people. And I know that sounds almost bizarre, But what I've realized is that so often those difficult conversations, they just give us so much relief and freedom. And it's like, so we stay locked up, like afraid, apprehensive. So maybe even scared of what's Mm going to come from the conversation. Mm. And I've just, I've released all of that and have found so much freedom in being able to just initiate those conversations and look at it as an opportunity to learn. That's why I could almost call it my superpower too. My attitude about it is is dramatically shifted, I think, in the last five to seven years. Yeah, I think a lot of times our anticipation of what that conversation will be like is more traumatic than the conversation itself in some ways. I'm not saying all the time, but quite often. I I completely get what you're saying. It's like if you Mm -hmm. let too much time just linger there, it like overshadows Mm -hmm. conversation and it 
then becomes such a bigger entity in your mind, you know? So yeah. Right. Very interesting. Very interesting. Okay. So let's talk a little bit and maybe you can share with us one, what you do and two, what's the value ultimately that your clients get out of working with you? Yeah. So a little bit about what I do. I am a licensed psychotherapist. I've been in practice for more than two decades and in the last three years also branched out and started delivering more high ticket coaching programs as a transformation strategist, right? And that really came from my own observation that there are a ton of people out there who are experiencing distress from different circumstances or one aspect of their life. They don't qualify for a clinical diagnosis necessarily, Mm -hmm. but They certainly need the intervention or the strategy around navigating whatever it is that they're going through. So that was really the catalyst to get Mm -hmm. me going and to start developing a program, the transformation methodology to serve my audience. So what they get from it, here's the thing, it's filled with mindset transformation. So you're going to feel more confident. You're going to be more in tune with your abilities and your level of competency and all of that. But really the thing that I think we undervalue that at the end, everyone is saying, oh my gosh, this is really the thing is Mm -hmm. peace of mind. Um, Yeah. I mean, because the whole program that, or one major pillar of the transformation methodology is about shifting my client's focus away from all of those external cues, all of those Mm -hmm. external pressures and shifting them back to self, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so, and I could go on and on and on about this, but I'm sure you've got more questions. So I don't want to. I love what you said about the value ultimately is the peace of mind that people get. And I think that's the case with in many different, say, aspects of I don't know if you call yourself a coach in part, but when people are working with say life coaches, it's really about peace of mind. Sometimes it's also about removing the hurdles that are getting in your way. But I think that's a really good thing in terms of value to be able to bring people these days, anytime actually. I don't know. Right. Because there's always that inner conflict. It's like, I, I think I want this. I think I desire this. I think I need this in my life. But then why won't you give yourself permission to receive those things or Mm -hmm. to go after those things? And that's where it's external focus really, really gets in the way. Right, right. Cool. Excellent. I'm sure we'll come back to that as we go through our discussion today, but I'd like to like rewind, (laughs) rewind when you first started your business. And I'm curious what led you to start your business and what happened when you first had to set some prices for that? Yeah. So, oh, the pricing story is hysterical. I knew that I wanted to offer some type of step-by-step process. I knew I wanted to create some type of simple yet strategic methodology. I didn't have the term methodology at the time, but that's what I wanted to create for my clients so that in the end, they would have sustainable change. So I set out to design some very, very unsophisticated coaching programs in the beginning, right? Because hindsight's 2020, but at the time I thought they were pretty dang good. And I remember I was working with a coach and she told me, 
Um, when you're in that sales conversation, you're going to say, and how would you like to pay for that? Would you like to put that on a Visa, MasterCard or Discover? I'm looking at my coach like a deer in headlights. You want me to say what? <laughs> like the whole pricing piece, the whole asking for someone to pay for what it was I created was so intimidating to me. So then I called one of my gal pals, who's also an entrepreneur. And I was telling her about the coaching session. She's like, let me guess. Did, did she say like, I, what do you, what do you want? How do you want to pay for this? Do you want to put it on a Visa MasterCard or Discover? And I'm like, yeah. How did you know that? She's like, that's how I close every single one of my calls. Like I'm asking them, okay, we've just discussed this thing. You want it. And so how would you like to pay for it? Right. And I'm like, oh my goodness. So Heidi, why do you think that you felt that way or you had that reaction? It felt so forward for me. It felt very presumptive or something. I was completely underestimating the entire conversation I had leading the client up to that point where mm -hmm. I'm then just finalizing the, the fact that we're going to initiate this transaction. You want what I have. I want to give it to you. But there's this exchange of money that happens. I made that bigger in my head. Exchange of money. It's a transaction. At the time, it felt like so much more. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's quite common for many people when they're starting out. Yeah. It's something that they have to come to terms with. I maybe is <laughs> the best way to put it. How did you deal with it then? You know, what it taught me was we all have money stories. We all have stories about money, about how, what justifies how we price things out. We all have stories about money and our self-worth. I know a big one for me was that I felt like I had to work hard to demonstrate that I was then, I guess, worthy of receiving that money or that my service was worthy of that money, yeah. right? But there was a big piece of needing to work hard and prove well, here are all the things I've done. Then it was so hard if people ever challenged like, well, but it doesn't have this or, but you're not really talking about this. And it was like, but look at everything that you're, you know, that I have done. Look at everything that you are getting. Look at, you know? Yeah. So I had to really unlock that and rewrite that story. Right. Yeah. Now, did you start when you first started before you did this program, you were a therapist and were those prices, are they, I know in some countries they're set by the health insurance companies. And so people don't really have to get into this task or this activity around setting a price themselves. They just take from what the health insurance companies tell them they can charge. Is that similar for you or was it a little bit different? Um, comparing the clinical payment process. I mean, we all have a out-of-pocket price point that we assign. And so I think early on in my clinical practice, it was the same thing. It was very much, I was using those external cues and markers to then dictate my pricing where it was like, okay, well, everybody in my network is assigning this price point. So I should probably be there too, because I don't want to stand out. And I had a coach say to me, she's like, but but I want you to think about some of the feedback you get from your clients. And are you providing them the same level of service, the same quality of service as the other people in their network? And I had literally just finished with one of my favorite clients who kept telling me, I mean, we only worked together for three months. She kept saying, I have gotten more from you in three months than I spent a year and a half with another therapist. And I, I mean, I was in no better of a place, you know? And so it was like, the timing of that feedback along with 
this experience I just had and her progress was, it was market. You know, I just, I felt like, yeah, that's a really important piece here because I know when I need help, um, time is very important to me. And if someone can get to results faster than someone else, I have no problem paying a little bit more because Mm -hmm. ultimately time also equates to money, right? Right. Uh, And never mind the relief that you're looking for from whatever the problem or circumstance is that you're Mm -hmm. going through. So it was a huge aha. Right. We also, I'd like to mention this since it was brought up, we do have to be careful if we use time-based pricing, as you become more efficient in what you do, if you're using strictly time-based pricing, then you would charge less, but they're getting more value out of it. That's something for people who are listening or watching us to be aware of as well. I mean, absolutely. So when people come to work with me, I have to be very clear that they're working with someone with two decades worth of experience here, right? Mm-hmm. And then I'm a trained observer of human behavior, right? And that's why I'm so good as a transformation strategist as well. There are so many transferable skills. You have to look at everything that you're bringing to the table, you know, all of that experience, all of that brilliance that you've collected along the way. Mm-hmm. So it can never be an hourly exchange. You know, mm-hmm. there's so many so much time for this dollar amount. It's really the experience that you're offering your client. Yeah. Yeah. That's a very good point. So, so how did you go about changing your perspective or changing your mindset? Assuming that's what you did. (laughs) Maybe I'm asking the wrong question here. What did you start doing differently? It's maybe a better question to ask. With regard to pricing? Yeah. Yeah. So even still to this day, because where I was even six months ago is at a very different place in terms of price point. And I encourage all of your listeners to always be reevaluating that because you're only adding more expertise every time you go and offer another program or service. But I am every morning, I address my money stories. That is one of the things I do. I've got affirmations that I write out. I write them, I read them, I say them. Sometimes I even put little post-it notes around my computer. I also rewrite a money story though. Uh I'll show you mine. I'm the best person for this. (laughs) We all have these post-its. Other thing is, as I rewrite this story, it's like three or four sentences, right? But one of the sentences that I took from a book that I read, it's, I think it's the power of the subconscious mind or something like that. It was this line that said, it is my right to be rich, happy, and successful. Now, let me tell you, when I first started writing that line, this is like years ago now, right? When I read the line, I was like, oh my God. Like that, I I don't think I can say that, right? Mm -hmm. It is right. Like it felt so self-righteous, you know? Yes, it is my right to be happy. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is my right to be successful. But rich felt like, I don't know. There was a story. Now I affirm that every single day. And I say this to my clients. I'm like, Mm -hmm. can you say this? Can you rattle this off and really be in a place of confidence as you say this? If not, there's something there. And Mm -hmm you don't address the block, you're going to sabotage your opportunity to be at that income level that you right. want to be at. So right. I always say you got to step into the fear to feel the magic, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah. So that is how I continue to cultivate that. And what, what has been sort of, what are the results from working on that and starting to shift that? What is, I mean, there's, there's concrete results and then there's also what's, and I don't want to say concrete. I want to say there's tangible and intangible results. I'm curious what, what shifted for you? I think it really is my mindset around money. And that's what I think you're asking, right? It's specifically well, I'm curious, you know, what does having shifted your mindset? Does it physically feel different? Do you approach tasks differently? The results that it's, you know, what really is the difference in the end for you? I think I, you know, so here we are, right? I mean, look at our economy in the United States. Like there's a lot going on. There's inflation. People are very concerned about stock market and investment accounts and all of that. And there is an inner calm within me. I don't know how else to describe this. It's like, we're going to get through this. Whatever it is, we're going to be okay. We've never not been okay. I'm right. not so stressed that all of a sudden now we're, we're not going to be okay for some reason. I don't have any type of scarcity mindset. I know when there are times when family members will say things and I'm like, I'm not going there. I mean, I literally say that. I go, I'm not going there. I'm not even entertaining that as a possibility because all that does is it creates overwhelm. It creates anxiety. It creates stress. It makes you move to a far end of a spectrum in terms of like overextending yourself. And I'm just not going to do that. I'm not going to get on that roller coaster. Being really clear of those like emotional boundaries as well, because that's part of that's self-sabotaging behavior. Yeah. I mean, I also think it's, I really just look at money as like, there's always the opportunity to earn more money. It's not that I don't value money. I very much do. And I am very frugal and mindful about how I spend my money, but that's not coming from a place of scarcity. That's coming from a place of being smart. And so there's also just this idea of there's always the opportunity to make more money. Right. Yeah. Cool. I love that. I think the mindset around or the, I can think of as the German word, sorry, the hurdles around money and mindset or success and worthiness and your mindset and their link to pricing is extremely strong. And and so it's always interesting to see how different people approach uh, confronting that, if you will, and shifting those things for themselves and what they get out of it. And I think you're right. It often brings people much more ease, whereas they may have fought with or procrastinated against or, you know, the doing things in that area. Now they're like, okay, I need to do it. I just do it. And it's not like this big thing anymore. And I think that that's an aspect that makes life easier for you. Right. Yeah. I also think it's really easy as an entrepreneur to be focused on income goals. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that is important. We all have an income goal, but if you're just focused on the equation, all right, how many clients at what price point is going to get me to this amount? It's like you can get fixated on that. And then you're just worried about getting the client, getting the client, getting the client. For me, I try to move away from that as well and really focus on what are the things that I know I need to be doing to guarantee the access to the clients. And then that's just going to happen. Like the rest of that equation is just going to happen. So for me, it's like, 
How am I branding myself? How am I drawing visibility to my business? How am I conducting conversations? I mean, collaborative conversations with people, Mm -hmm. knowing that all of my professional contacts are also my referral sources. Really looking at where I have a greater sense of control. I can't make a buying decision for a potential client unless I remove the opportunity for them to buy. That's the only way I can control that. But doing all of these other things is naturally going to yield more clients. Right. 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 I mean, those are the activities that are generating buzz, if you will, and putting people front and center to hear what Heidi has to bring to the world and how you can help them with whatever it is they're seeking to form or get help with. Cool. So we're going to start wrapping this up. I have a few wrap up questions. And the first one is, if you think about the topic that we're talking about today and our conversation, what's one thing you'd like people to take away from our discussion today? One thing I'd like people to take away is with regard to pricing and sales calls. I don't think that you're ever a hundred percent ready to do it, but you're going to learn so much by doing Rather than thinking, I have to keep listening to podcasts or I need to go through this additional course after you've already done probably a half a dozen, now you just, you got to go and do it. Hopefully they're working with someone who's saying that, let's go and do it right now. I know I've done that with clients live. Like, come on, mm-hmm. let's let's do a sales call right where I'm right here with you and I'm going to process this with you and we're going to go through it. And literally after they've gone through that process, they're like, thank you for making me do yeah. that. I just needed to do it. So yeah, we learned by doing it. Be like Nike. Yeah. <laughs> just do it, right? We're genius with that slogan. <laughs> genius. Just do it. Just do it. Sometimes that is the best answer. And as scary as it feels, as scary as it feels, that is the best way to work through whatever it is you are feeling about it is to just try it. And if you mess it up, then you have the opportunity to try it again. Exactly. (laughs) Right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Cool. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. Heidi, what's the best business advice that you've been given over the years? The best business advice. Mm -hmm. Um, You put best in there. I think the best business advice that I've been given is to operate from a place of 70% of perfection is success. And I think that kind of goes along with just do it, but it's like really, there's never going to be anything that you feel went perfectly. I was onboarding, I started onboarding a new team member last night and we were talking about this exact topic that Mm -hmm. even something that I proved from two months ago, you know, I thought, oh yes, this workbook module looks beautiful. Right. And I just happened to go back and look at it recently. I'm like, what was I thinking? What was I thinking? I I don't, I don't really, I don't like the flow of this at all, you know, but like at the time I was like, oh my gosh, this is perfect. Right. So, so you're never going to like be done with something. Everything Mm -hmm. is always in a state of revision, including ourselves right? Like not revision, but growth. We're always developing and growing. So just be good, be good with good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. I I know I suffer from, from that from time to time, I can look at something a thousand times and still find something to fix on. (laughs) Always. 
recently with my family in the States and I was helping my parents move and I went through thousands, tens of thousands of photos to help my mom weed things out. And then of course, then you look at what you wore in 1988 and you're like, hmm, what was I thinking? <laughs> oh my gosh, Jenny, you say, what was I thinking? Or you're like, why didn't I keep that? It would totally be in style right now, right? Or why didn't somebody tell me? Yeah. <laughs> cool. Do you have a favorite book or tool you'd like to share with us today? So listen, I so I'm all I'm fascinated by habit formation, and that's part of how I developed the transformation methodology. Is because I, I literally like study habit formation. And there's a ton of books out there and there's a ton of wonderful ones, but an oldie that really, it doesn't get old for me is the slight edge by Jeff Olson. Okay. It really is good. I mean, you know, so you've got the high five habit recently came out and atomic habits came out and mm-hmm. even Ed Milet's most recent book. If, if you haven't read it, I'm almost done with it. The power of one It is also a little bit about habit formation. Jeff Olson just had a way for me of really simplifying the process. And that's what I feel like that most people benefit from is simplification, right? right? Make Mm -hmm. it easy to do and you're more likely to keep doing it. Yeah. Um, Okay. Perfect. I love that. Excellent. All right. One last question. So if people would like to reach out and find out more about what you do and how to work with you, where should they go? Yeah. So I made it really easy. Just go by my name, Heidi Bruce. You can find me on all the social handles. It's also my website, Seuss.com. It rhymes with Seuss, but it's spelled a little differently. So it's G-R-U-S-S. When people visit the website, actually, you should go back and revisit about 10 days from now because we are launching some new pages, including a new media page and a new vault with some new gifts and freebies. Super. Excellent. We'll have to check that out, everyone. We'll put the links, not just to her website, but other links, as well as she has a... uh, Yeah, I have a... Addressing. (laughs) Yes. um, Burnout, right? the things we try to do in the transformation methodology is we eliminate that crash and burn cycle. So there's a short 10 minute video jam packed with okay. strategies for your listeners. Super. Oh. We'll put that in the show notes as well as the links to the books, everyone. So you'll have it all there. Heidi, thank you so much for joining me today. I appreciate you sharing your story with us. Thank you. This was, this was fun. Yeah, great. All right, everyone. Thank you for watching or listening, depending on if you're here with us live or you're going to listen to the show later. I wanted to also let you know that I have a web class coming up on July 12th and 13th. We're going to be talking about pricing know-how for startups and taking a look at the 10 pricing mistakes that startups tend to make and how it affects their business. Of course, we'll also take a look at what you can do to avoid them. So head on over to thepricinglady.com backslash web class and you can grab a seat there. That's all for us today, folks. I wish you all the best. Have a great day. And as always, everyone, enjoy pricing. Thank you for listening to this episode of Live with the Pricing Lady, the podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, rate, review, and subscribe to it, then share it with your friends and colleagues. I love hearing back from you listeners. If you've got comments, questions, or topic ideas, go on over to thepricinglady.com and contact me there. Not sure where to start when it comes to improving pricing and profits? 
At thepricinglady.com, you can download a copy of my self-assessment pricing scorecard. Find out where it's going well and where you can begin improving. Or just simply book a discovery call with me. There we can discuss what's up with pricing in your business and how I might be able to help you. Thanks once again for joining. Remember, pricing can hurt or help your business. Let's make sure it's helping you reach your dreams. See you next time. And as always, enjoy pricing.